All right, David, welcome to the uh, to the podcast. How's it going, man? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. I see you got your glass of wine there. You're nice and relaxing, a nice, beautiful yeah. bar. Absolutely, absolutely. We're uh, just had lunch and now we can uh, talk all things Italian, right? Nice. That we're can't supposed wait, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of b- before we get started, um, quick thing actually, me and Mike were talking about before we started recording, before you came on. So we have we happened to send you two shirts. Um, mm-hmm. One of them, one of them actually was an accident. Uh, I believe it was Mike. Was it the gnocchi one? Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was. Uh, I, I it was, think. I, th- I think it was um, uh, women. Uh, it was a woman's uh, <laughs> yeah. smile or something. So yeah, we must. It did make me look really buff. Listen, it did give me uh, a really buffed look. So yeah. Well, listen, in the in the 80s, apparently every person wore crop tops, and uh, that was the thing, right? So yeah, yeah, no, no, it's I perfect. Tried- I gave it to my assistant, so it, it's good. <laughs> Okay. She'll yeah, be gonna, uh, walking. She'll be wearing it proud. Yeah, nice. we're gonna we're, we're gonna send you another one though because we messed up on that one. I don't know. It was an accident. No yeah, worries. we just, we so, wanted to make a joke about it because I saw if I was wanted to see if it got delivered. I know with Canada it takes a little bit longer, and then I looked and I'm like, oh no, it says ladies. <laughs> or 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 was I supposed to wear this? Uh, you know, for the podcast. Well, the, if you were the woman's one, I'm sure that'd be nice too. If you were the one, <laughs> aren't you coming on? Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> oh man. But anyways, David, thank you very much for coming on. Um, before we get started too, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do and uh, just kind of give a brief little introduction. Oh, wow. Uh, I haven't done that before. Uh, David Rocco, except at my AA meetings, right? <laughs> uh, but David Rocco, I should, I should have made that joke. Um, so David Rocco, I am a... Uh, uh, TV producer, TV host, and um, now a uh, bar owner. We uh, we just opened up uh, an aperitivo bar in Toronto, in Yorkville, and um, I'm a guy who likes to eat and drink and uh, really, uh, you know, uh, speak all about all things Italian. So that's that's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in the food and the drink racket. It's awesome. And tell us um tell us a little bit more about your Italian background too. Um. Well, I mean, I'm a kid who grew up. In Toronto, actually in uh, Scarborough, my parents are both Italian. Like many of us, they they immigrated from uh, from Italy. My dad's from Naples. My mom's from uh, Puglia, small little town. Uh, but we, but I don't really say I'm from Puglia. It's always not, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. that's more uh, of a function of um, we don't have relatives there. Uh, didn't uh, we've never visited uh because it's not Puglia the region per se it's a little small town in Foggia called the Monteleone and I think there's probably uh 200 sheep uh you know a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of uh horses and maybe 50 uh people the age of 80 there uh but no I'm kidding aside we went once and um but my my Italian background is really all things Napoli and uh love the Neapolitan culture uh but grew up in Toronto as um as a, an Italian Canadian um, in the seventies, I know I'm a lot older than you guys. And uh, when being Italian maybe wasn't cool, I get my head fucking kicked in. I would get my, my shots, my slaps because I was eating, uh, you know, um, uh, rabbit, uh, rapini, focaccias, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and all my, uh, I know for sure. But listen, we're talking the seventies when, you know, the rest of the guys in my class in my school were having peanut butter and jam bologna and mustard and you know i just want to fit in so you know growing up italian in the 70s in scarborough sorry who's american here you're you're american right yeah me yeah Yeah. okay so you know you know wayne's world 
Yeah. You know, you, yeah. You, you've seen that film with Mike Myers. I mean, that's Scarborough, that's guy, you know, okay. Scarberia. That's like yeah. really caker, caker, fucking <laughs> culture, you know, and anything else didn't go right. Yeah. yeah. Italian. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Listen, we got our slaps. Um, but, uh, Hey, you know, I brought that Nutella sandwich one day and life changed. I became God. <laughs> you know, again, we're talking the seventies, right? The seventies. I mean, it was a different time. Being Italian, you know, wasn't the coolest, and uh, not that I ever was embarrassed, but you know, I wasn't super proud. Um, you, uh, you know, uh, my my buddy had a, a rabbit as a pet. We had rabbits, you know, to eventually ended up being on our table. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my hockey sticks were were cut in three to hold up the tomato plants. I mean. <laughs> That's how it was. That's right? awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, and, and it's it's cool because so you mentioned the seventies. My dad is, is sorry, sorry guys, we're, we're closed. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll close the door. Sorry guys, we just have to. Uh, uh... Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, that was just my that was just my mom. I told her to come and, and say how amazing I am. <laughs> I'll let you lock the door. Otherwise, we're gonna. Okay. No worries, have, no worries, uh, no worries. Yeah, you're fine. But uh, no, yeah, you guys can still hear me. Um, okay, we're we're gonna lock this door. Up. So yeah, no, in the seventies, it was a whole different racket. I mean, I, I think back, and you know, it's amazing, you know, what's gone on um, with food in general. You have Indian friends that grew up in the same neighborhood, Bangladeshi friends that. You know, we're all kids of immigrants and we were all kind of like, we just didn't want to get our slaps too much when we were coming home from school, right? But now it's, it's kind of fair game. Everyone loves their culture. You know, food is really in. I've made a career on eating and drinking, on doing TV shows in Italy. And um, it's, it's totally, totally different. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I even want to talk about, you know, at the beginning of your career as well, because like I mentioned, my, my dad grew up in the seventies as well. And my dad actually, he used to work at his, his old office because uh, he's an accountant off of 4040 Steels. And you had a restaurant yeah. there called La Madonina. And he used to yeah, go there yeah. all the time to eat and stuff like that. And you were, that was like, what, back in like the nineties, the I'm guessing, right? That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was late. Um, that was early nineties, 90, 91. We were the first wood burning pizzeria in the city. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, my 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 wife and I, we were all like renegades. So we were kind of like cowboys. We we always did things, you know, a bit kind of different. And uh, even with my TV show, you know, I'm proud to say that we are one of the first shows to take food out of the kitchen and go and do it in Italy, traveling. And um, you know, at those times, uh, our first series came out in '99. Uh, uh, I don't even know if you kids were born, but uh, I, in 1999, I was, I was born in March of 1999. Look at that. Well, we were, we were, oh, wow, shit. We were already in Italy uh, filming. I mean, we were already producing it in 98. And at that time, I remember Buddy saying, Oh, fuck, cooking show, like loser. Like, why would you do that? And I'm like, What do you mean? <laughs> why? I'm going to Italy. I'm going to eat, drink, and uh, and just do what I love. But, yeah. you know, those times, no one did shows outside studio. Uh, you had, you know, uh, Emerald came out, you know, a, a year after us in studio. But prior to that, it was Julia Childs. Or if the Canadians remember, there was Pasquale. I mean, there was all that kind of old school style of doing TV. And we ended up doing a show, which we ended up um, a really interesting story. We, my wife and I want to be filmmakers. And so 
we thought, gee, make a film sounds like a lot of work. You know, how are we going to do it? We, you know, I was acting, modeling. I was, I was in the the TV business, so to speak, uh, as a an actor, struggling actor. I mean, I did okay, but nonetheless, I wanted to kind of go to the next level and do a film. And my wife and I, we thought, okay, well, you know, we wrote a script, and it's like, how do you get it done? And we had our acting class. Yeah, we're going to do it. Okay, we're all going to put in money, and and it kept on being postponed. And everyone, no one, kind of anteed up. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, in 98, my wife and I go to Italy and we're like, you know what, fuck, let's go shoot something. Let's just do a little, uh, a little video. And, uh, I had some friends that I knew and I was modeling in Milan that were kind of uh, TV guys. I mean, back in the day, it wasn't cell phones, you know, just grab your cell phone and start shooting. I mean, you had these pig, a pig of a camera, you know, and these big uh, beta cam tapes. I mean, it was a whole different animal and it was a huge investment. So for me to call them and say, Hey, can we go and film? And you know, the boom mic and all that, it was a huge deal. So uh, these guys, they, 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 they filmed me around Florence doing some, um, some stuff, uh, food and interviews and cooking. And, um, and so we came back, my wife used our wedding videographer to edit it. And we put it to uh, Rosemary Clooney's Mambo Italiano. And we did a five minute trailer of this guy in Florence. And it was Cooking Meets Lonely Planet, which was a show. I don't even know if you guys know it, is a guy that went around the world. And it was like this hybrid of a cooking show, that, cooking and travel that no one had ever seen. And so we we brought it to a producer and they're like giving us this, yeah, 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 okay, kid, you know, like fuck off type thing. And we're like, just yeah. watch it, like five minutes. And, and I remember in his office, my wife and I are looking at each other. It's like, just fucking watch the show, you know, just, just two <laughs> minutes, you know? So he goes, okay. And I remember he calling his assistant saying, okay, what time's my appointment? You know, just setting the table just to get rid of us politely and uh, puts a, a pig of a VHS in, you know, it was back in the day. And uh, we, we start watching. He's like, you know, he's tapping his hand. He's what? He rewinds it. Calls the assistant. He goes, yeah, call in so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And before we knew it, we were there for two hours with a whole production team, and they were blown away. And my wife and I, six weeks later, had a 26-episode series that was sold to PBS Canada, and we sold it to uh, ABC in, um, in, uh, the, in Australia. And it was all just from this little kind of demo thing that we did. It was pretty amazing when I look awesome. back. And so, yeah. And, and, and now fast forward to what, two, 2021, we've shot uh, 210 episodes that have aired globally. Uh, we, um, and, you know, I've been able to really do what I love, which is food, wine, Italy, and <laughs> ultimately, uh, you know, that film I wanted to do, I'm like, nah, I'd rather do what I'm doing, which are really <laughs> mini films. I mean, when we do an episode, it's like, you know, there's the online, there's the offline, the online, the mixing, the, you know, color correction, we're doing little films. And so, and, yeah. and you know, it airs on professional television. So that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. And how did you kind of see the opportunity with that? Cause like you were saying, it was kind of out of the norm to do cooking shows outside of the kitchen. So what, yeah. were you just doing it because it was fun or did you like see an opportunity that no one was doing it and kind of run with it or how did it kind of start yeah. your brain? Well, no, for sure. A good question. A bit of both. I think, you know, we too many times you overanalyze things, you get paralysis of analysis. So is this going to work? Part of it was, 
yeah, there was an opportunity that no one was doing. And my wife, you know, she has a lot of vision. She can almost see the future. And she says, no, she's, you know what? All the chefs that are doing these TV shows are in studio wearing a chef's coat. And you're like, totally nothing like them. You know, you have no training and you love food and you can cook. And we're going to do a show that is totally out of the norm. And we had no expectations except we wanted to do it. And if nothing else, we wanted the practice as producers to then go into being filmmakers, you know, like feature films. And and I think it's a great lesson that, you know, I've passed on to my kids now is sometimes, you know, the journey and doing something is more valuable than the outcome. Yes, we wanted to be filmmakers, but in the end, we didn't even get there. And we don't even, I mean, I can do a film like that. I mean, we could certainly do it. We know all the steps, we, we have the context, but at the end of the day, you know, that whole journey of understanding how to do something from A to Z and, um, and being able to develop a business in part because we loved you know, food and wine and Italy and the passion of it. But at the end of the day, it was, you know, the amazing journey. And ultimately it's where I think I needed to be and where, you know, I, I feel most comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing I like the most about, about what you said too, is that again, about the journey and everything and just how it took a different route than you thought, because for example, myself, I'm, I'm getting into the acting industry and, you know, I guess talk show hosting, I guess that's what you could call for that industry. Yeah. And again, before that, I was doing a whole different thing. And I might, and my journey took a different path. Right. And I think it's important to understand the journey you're going on because sometimes people just look at the, out, the, their outcome or their end goal, but then I'm noticing like the proper steps to get there. So sometimes they can make a wrong choice that can set them back so far. So it's all about, I guess, taking, I guess, you know, learning along the way and taking that one step back to go two steps forward. But what, what's cool, actually, I took from what you said was that you didn't have any formal training. You kind of just, again, loved food. You loved cooking. And I guess that kind of goes back to your Italian upbringing, I'm guessing. You probably learned from your nonna, your grandparents, and I guess yeah. your parents as well. Yeah, but I think also it's, it's a good example and perhaps... Um, you know, it's a different generation. I don't want to sound like an old fuck right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> a lot older than you guys, but... You know, there is with the immediacy of social media, instant gratification. You post something, how many likes? And and there's this thing that we want instant gratification with everything. And people, kids, when I was a young punk, I would go to a producer and say, I want to make this, you know, show or I want to make this movie. And they would say, Oh fuck, man, it's tough. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I just I was tenacious. Now I'm like that old guy when young kids come to me, I want to do it. And, you know, I want to do this thing. And and I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then I always step back and say, okay, so here's the thing. What is the motivation? Are you doing for ego? And maybe there's a little bit of that in everything we all do. And certainly for me as well. But what is your end game? Do you want to really go through the work? Do you want to really put your everything on the line to make it happen? My wife and I on our our show, because after the PBS show, we teamed up with a production company that um, we had a, a, a falling out because we were kind of the creative and they were like the money and they thought it should be one way. And we thought our show should be another way. And so we just kind of dissolved the, the production. We had a second season offering and we said, no, and we went on our own because we had such conviction. But what I say to a lot of young kids is if you really, really want to do it and you have the passion, you have like really you can the thirst for it and you're not going to stop at anything 
just do it. Just like the night guy, just do it. Stop making friggin' excuses. And if it means you have to go, you know, be a dishwasher at nighttime to save up, to go put that $5,000 video together, to go to a producer and pitch it, then that's what you do. I said, but if you're not willing to put it in and you're not play, you know, interested or willing to put your balls on the line, that's fine too. But you always have to ask yourself, what do I want? Am I really willing to go all out and do it and, and really have the commitment? So um, I look back and, you know, more doors said no than yes. And we eventually produced things on our own because we got tired of hearing no. So nowadays it's a lot easier on some level because, you know, whether you do something on a cell phone or on YouTube, it can catch up, you know, you can take off. But back in the day, it was, it was really tough. Uh, yeah. But it comes back to anything. If you want something bad enough, just do it. You know, guys that want to be, you know, I go speak to a lot of the uh, culinary arts, uh, the colleges and and the chef schools. And first thing I ask, I go, hey, man, you guys are all chefs. Hey, eh? cool. Yeah, right. Okay, who wants to be on TV? And everyone puts out their hand. I said, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing here? I said, go to acting class. I said, yeah. stop wasting your time. You want to be a chef? then be a chef and, and, you know, forget about all the glamour and all, cause it, there's nothing glamorous. And, and when, and they hear that and I said, okay, so who wants to leave now? And I know most of them probably want to leave saying, Oh fuck, you know? And, and, and so sometimes you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Like, what is the real motivation? And if you're honest with yourself, I think you, uh, you get to the place you need to get to faster. And so, um, but everything's possible. You just have to put the work in. Agreed. And that's like, I was going to say, that's pretty much like a lot of entrepreneurs preach that kind of stuff is like, think long-term and just, you know, think long, work hard every day, but think long-term. So it's kind of like the micro macro way to think of it. But you know, the one thing I found making and stop making fucking excuses. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everyone makes excuses, even like, even to open up a restaurant, sorry to interrupt, but like people say, Oh my God, you just opened up a restaurant, a bar. And it's like, Oh my God. And they go, yeah, but you have lots of money. Like, fuck that. I don't have lots of money and I got more risk and I got put my name on it. And you know, I got more risk than you guys. Thing is people always say, Oh, I don't have the money. I don't have to do this. Or I want to be a chef. You know what? Go be a dishwasher first. Learn how to clean the dishes. Seriously, go learn how to clean the dishes, peel potatoes, whatever you want to do, find a way of getting in to infiltrate. I used to be a stand in. I used to be an extra guy because I knew once I got out of the business and got a real job, I can't go to the auditions. So my goal was, how am I going to stay in the business long enough to get that break? I did extra work. My agents were saying, you're a loser if you do extra work. Real actors don't do extra work. I was doing photo doubling. <laughs> I photo doubled for Matt Dillon on two of his films. Uh, to Die For, I, I was actually in two scenes. And literally, I got to see Gus Van Sant, a brilliant director, direct. I got to see Matt Dillon, Nicole Kidman. I got to be on set. And I got to see yeah. what a fucking shitty job it was, how hard it was. And you better fucking like the job because if you don't, you're not going to do it. You're not going to have the balls and the guts to stay in it. And so that's that, that kind of life lesson was transferable into everything I do. And, um, you know, it's about being committed to that end goal, that, that, that end game. And, and not all of us want to do it. Is that kind of what keeps you? Cause I know you preach a lot about being in the present moment. And I just know, like, just even with my business, it's very hard to do because you have so much pressure. This is happening. That's happening. And you're involved and have a lot more risk than I do. So I'm kind of curious, like, how do you make sure to stay in the present moment when you, you know, you own a business and you have so much going on? Like, what keeps that going for you? 
Well, I think this was an interesting period in my life right now with the pandemic because um, it gave tremendous opportunity and some opportunities that wouldn't have come up if I kept on traveling. So um, we were off to do a, another series. Uh, I just finished um, shooting a series, Southeast Asia, and lockdown happens. And so we were editing and I'm walking home and I see this place. I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And, and so I took this leap. But I think you have to decide whether you want to put the work in and whether you want to, and, and also have fun. So whatever I do, it's because I have fun and I absolutely love it. And, you know, I'm here now a lot because my name's on the sign and I know, you know, it's an easy thing to fuck up on, you know, food and beverage. This industry is really tough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always say to my kids, you know, I'm hoping that I can be an example to you of hard work. If you can outwork your competition, you can outwork people, you'll succeed. And if you love what you do, then it's not even work. It's, it's literally just, just being, and you're there. And mm -hmm. so I recognize I'm lucky and, you know, I've worked hard. My wife works hard. We've made tremendous sacrifice. And, you know, a lot of people just see the fruits of it. They see a place. Oh, cool. He's eating, drinking, he's holding court as a restaurant. He's got a TV show. Yeah, that's real cool. He's really lucky. I've been lucky. I've worked hard, but ultimately I, I think both of us have come from um, this idea of commitment, working friggin' hard and doing whatever it takes to be successful. And I think if you decide that you want to be successful and you want to work hard, you're going to make it, you're going to do whatever it takes uh, to, to make sure that, you know, you're, you're going ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And even like, for example, you know, you mentioned how some people, like you went to that, to those chefs and you said, oh, who wants to be on TV? And then you, and then you told them how it's going to be hard work and all this stuff. But again, it's all about passion. I think, well, the one thing I think Mike's going to appreciate me saying this, because it's a thing that Gary V said uh, about being lazy and stuff and how he doesn't believe about, he doesn't believe lazy is a, I forgot the exact thing he, he said. Yeah, he doesn't think it's a bad thing, basically, because if you're lazy about it, then it means you're not passionate about it. Basically. Exactly. Well, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I think that, yeah. So I think it all depends. Like, look, someone can want to be a famous actor, okay? And they may think they're passionate, but I think once they go into it and they really see the hard work, and if they're if they're not as passionate, like if they if they end up quitting, that means it ultimately wasn't for them. They're not passionate enough. You know, I, I think any anything in life is doable. When 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 people tell me, oh Adam, that's that's so far-fetched or all oh, that's like very hard to do or this, that, all these excuses. There's excuses to me. I, I phase them out now because if someone has done something in life, it's proved to be possible. That's what I believe in, especially. Well, well, well the other, yeah, no, for sure. And the other thing is, which I, I, I think is really important. I actually talked to a friend of mine who, uh, who consults with me and, and she's, a, she's brilliant. And, um, you know, it was the idea okay, I'm, I'm putting my balls on the line. I'm putting my reputation on the line because yeah. everyone loves to criticize. You open up a restaurant, a bar, everyone, my, my mom's <laughs> eggplant parm is fucking better. My meatballs are this, oh, fuck, I'm better than that guy. Especially, especially if you can't beat your Especially, oh, fuck you. I can beat, I, our, our meatballs and our eggplant is the best. No, but you know, the, the funny thing is, I, I'm, I'm joking, bring her over. But you know, the, the idea that I went and I, put my kind of stuff on the line, my name on the line was really scary. Honest, I went through about six weeks after I decided to sign the lease and I, we got our signage and we spent 30 grand on the sign. 
I mean, like on, on the on the front on the front yeah, edge, yeah. not just on the side. And I remember going into fucking panic, and I said to my wife, "Oh my god, what did I just do?" And I was speaking to a, a friend of ours, and I remember she said something that is so important. I think it's important to what you guys just said earlier. And it's not so much about being lazy or this or that. I think so many of us, me included, and I saw it three months ago. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of not being successful. We're afraid of being ridiculed. We're afraid of someone saying it's not good. And now every every asshole has an appoint uh, an opinion with uh, with a cell phone on Google oh, Review. Yeah. And you know it's perfect. Everyone has everyone is uh, you know a critic. But you know she said to me, she goes, embrace the journey. Like in, like this is such an amazing time for you that you're not traveling because. You're stuck in the pandemic and it was during lockdown. You're able to spend time with your family, with your wife, and you're able to do a creative project that you've always wanted to do because this wasn't a restaurant. It was an aperitivo bar, Italian tapas, fun food, chicchetti, wine, everything I loved about Italy, I was actually creating. And I had this opportunity, but I, I, was, I wasn't sleeping for about a month. I was like, wow. I, I, you know, there were moments where I went into panic and she said, just embrace the opportunity, the, the journey and, and, and just enjoy the ride because she said, I think it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. She goes, I know it's going to be successful and deep down you do too, but you're afraid. And she goes, and, and that's all cool, but recognize it, embrace it, enjoy, and then just go through the journey. And when she said that a light went off and I said, why am I doing this? I'm doing this almost for myself. And when you kind of come from that point of view, I want to be an actor. I want to be a lawyer. Why? Not for my parents, not for this, not for myself. And when you come at it from that point of view, then you can move forward. And then the outcome doesn't matter because you're going through the journey and there's no competition because you're only doing it for yourself. And to this day now, if we get killed on a Google review, I don't give a shit. We don't even look at it because I know the meatballs are exactly the way I love them how I serve them at my house, the eggplant parm, the music, the wine, the vibe, the attitude. I love it all. And I'm like, why did I do it? I did it for myself. You know what, guys, we don't even have a fucking phone. We have no phone number. (laughs) We don't take reservations. We don't answer the phone. We don't have a phone because (laughs) we don't care. You want to come in? You come in the seat seats. No seats. That is the Italian way. And that's it. Of course, of course. But try doing it in Toronto. Try doing it in Chicago. You get killed. What do you mean you don't have the, what do you mean you're not on 24 demand? What do you mean I can't book? What do you mean you don't serve coffee? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, no, we have a coffee machine. We don't serve coffee. We serve it if you deserve it <laughs> we serve it if we feel like giving it to you we serve That's a good it slogan that is a great slogan. I'm honest, we serve it because it's part of our food experience not because it's on our menu this is my home it's an extension of who i am and yeah. so you know there's been an incredible journey for us my wife and i it's like this is fun and suddenly the tough restaurant business we flipped it over because we're like the empty restaurant this is ominous almost an extension of who we are, our belief system, our home. And when people come, they feel it. There's a certain vibe. That's our awesome. waiters are, are are really cool. There's a certain attitude, but not that we're better. Or we're, no, it's just, this is how it is. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't want to come. It's okay, <laughs> but this is how we do it. And, yeah. and that's it. Like and that I think it's good for anyone. Hey, Mike, I think we should end this podcast and just go straight to David's... Uh, Aperitivo bar right now because <laughs> I'm craving everything that, that you awesome. just said, all the good meatballs and everything. But David, it's crazy. 
I know your food's amazing because during the pandemic, when in the midst of it, I was watching your YouTube videos and your Instagram stuff. I actually used one of your recipes and I made it for my family. They loved it. I mean, obviously I didn't make it as good as you, but it was the no, squash. No, I'm, sure you, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure you killed it. It was the, uh, it was, I believe it was squash, a squash risotto. I got it when it was like pe- the vegetable. Yeah. Pe- the yeah. yeah. It yeah, was yeah, delicious yeah. with the white wine and everything. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I'm sure I'm it was talking- I'm sure you, you knocked it out of the park. I, I, I would hope so. But I want to talk about your show, La, La, La Dolce Vita. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I said that. So, I, I word that so bad. Sorry. Dolce, no, you said it perfectly. Dolce Vita. There you go. Sorry. No, anyway, no. but uh, which means the sweet life for people who don't know who are not Italian. Just let's just say you're not. Um, so I want to talk about that quickly too because you travel all around the world. You meet different people, all these different cultures, and I want to know what it's like to go to these places and just kind of embrace other people's cultures and learning about different foods. You know, you mentioned growing up, all you knew about was Italian food, and I guess going to these different places. Have you kind of I guess, implemented a lot of these recipes in your everyday lives and stuff? Well, you know, if you were, I think if we look back in our life and we look back at, you know, these moments that have happened, sometimes they're gifts. Sometimes they've set us up to where we need to be and where we are now. And, um, you know, I look at me doing, you know, acting and modeling and now being a producer and now being able to do a film if I wanted to. And I look back growing up in Scarborough, where there was a lot of Canadians, different cultures, mostly Canadians, and how I felt about being Italian and all the rest of it and what food means to me. And what was interesting is all that has taken me to where I am now. And I've been able to create Dolce Vita as our first season. And then from there, we went in and we did Dolce India, we did Dolce Africa, we went to Ethiopia, Kenya, Tanzania, South Africa, um, Zanzibar, we've been to Kashmir, we did our latest series, which comes out next month is uh, Dolce Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Cambodia, all the way to uh, Singapore. And everything remained true is me, my love of Italian food, and using food as that way to connect with people. And that way to break down barriers and break down stereotypes. And at the end of the day, the universal truth is we all eat. We might not all drink. We might not all, you know, uh, eat pork. We might not all be meat eaters, but we all eat. And eating is comforting. It's love. It's a way of really bonding. The reason why I say this is because when I was in Scarborough, my mom being, my dad and mom were hairdressers. And, you know, it's a great job because they got to deal with people. My dad was like his, my dad was like a therapist. My mom was, you know, and and so as immigrants, they also got educated talking to other people, different cultures. But one thing my parents taught us as kids was the power of food and how powerful it can be to connect with each other. So on our street, we had the Robinsons, the Ramseys, the Johnsons, the O'Reillys, the Chins, and then the Roccos. We lived on like this cul-de-sac. And we were the outsiders for sure, but my parents were loved and we were one of those families that got along. But what my mom always did, my mom always invited people over for dinner. And we're talking the seventies, early seventies, she'd make lasagna, which back then, if you had spaghetti and meatballs, that was fucking gourmet. Like that was like yeah. really large. Like, like, okay, yeah. let's not think like back in the seventies is how it is now in the seventies, like spaghetti and meatballs was gourmet. So 
my mom would do things like eggplant parm, uh, you know, veal, veal cutlet with, uh, you know, with uh, mozzarella and whatever, rabbit. She would make all these dishes that, you know, the neighbors were like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I remember, you know, one of the first dinners, I'm like five, I meet my, my buddy, Mark Johnson, who, you know, is, uh, you know, we're just getting to know each other. My parents invite his family over and Mark has a pet bunny. We have rabbits. So we're, we're eating. My mom is like, you know, cooking a rabbit, a la cachetora. And I remember Mark saying, oh, Mrs. Rocco, this, this, this chicken is really good. She goes, no, sweetheart, it's rabbit. And he starts crying. I start crying. Fuck my, you make me embarrassed. But in all, in all the chaos and the comedy, because I think this is a universal truth with any immigrant, you always feel like an outsider. What I realized was how important food is and how food can bring people into your home and you can go into someone's home and there's an there's um, a democracy and there's an equality and there's something really beautiful. And so my mom and dad demonstrated that time in and time out. So as a young kid, seeing that when I was five, six, seven, and then taking that skill that I saw my parents do to fit in and really to connect with others, I went around the world and I did the same thing. And I, I really look at that as being moments in time that were so etched in my memory and in my DNA that I used Italian food to travel the world. I went to Kashmir. I went to India. I've been to Barcelona. I've been obviously throughout Italy, but, you know, going to Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Brazil. I mean, I've been to so many countries through food, through Italian food, almost like an Italian ambassador. And here I am <laughs> being an Italian Canadian. And I'm thinking, fuck, man, I'm really lucky. And I think it was those early days where I got to see how food can really connect yeah the power and, of uh, it. and yeah yeah and so you know to this day i use food uh italian food to travel the world to see the world and um it, it's really it's it's been an amazing ride what's um what's your opinion on like italian food and italian american food because i feel like a lot of people get them mixed up and confused and then especially when we post it on our page like people nitpick if something's american you know what i mean yeah, like yeah no, for sure. yeah yeah so listen, I have to tell you something. I love Italian Americans, right? Because they have so much fucking heart. You know, they got, you know, they're there's something so genuine and so real. And and they don't try and impress. This is how it is. And you know, whether you like it good, you don't go fuck yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're almost like Italian Montrealers are the same. Italian Montrealers, Italian Americans are cut from the same plot. I have friends in Montreal and they're Italian. I love them. Italian Toronto's are different, right? The guys yeah. that are Italian from, because there's like a snobbery. Oh no, this is not what you do. And it's like this, it's like yeah. we're refined and we think we're like the fucking cats now. And we're like, you know, we're the shit. And, and I hear it all the time. Well, it's not how we do it. So to answer your question, is it Italian food? No, but it's okay because mm-hmm. Italian food evolves. Italian yeah. food now is different than it was 25 years ago. Listen, I remember you know, when I first did my first series, you know, people saying, oh, you don't put uh, parmigiano with with seafood. And maybe, maybe not. I'm yeah. not saying you should, you shouldn't. But I've been in the last five years to some of the best Italian restaurants, Michelin Star, where a little bit of parmigiano reggiano with uh, cozze and uh, zucca, oh, pumpkin man. squash in a risotto is used as a, almost as a, uh, like a butter. 
They don't put butter, they put that just a little bit. And I know that some of the Italian Americans were, were putting that, you know, forever in a day. Yeah. So, you know, I, I become, as I get older, I'm like, you know what? Fucking live and let live. Don't bust chops. Don't break yeah. everyone's balls. You yeah. know, you think you're the best or you're reach. Like, oh, everyone should go and fucking take a pill. And just like relax. Like, you know what? Down. Like, if you 100%. like how it tastes and it tastes good, great. Fuck off everyone else. Yeah, right? I was going to say, is that yeah. the criteria? So, if it tastes good, it's okay. Uh, listen, I mean, listen, sometimes, you know, uh, listen, just because something tastes good, more of it doesn't make it better. And sometimes, you know, for the sake of Instagram, there's this craziness of this excessive bullshit of putting more mozzarella and this, and it looks, you know, and it's disgusting. Yeah, and that's not, uh, and that's not an Italian American thing. That's not a an Italian thing. That, that's just stupidity. And you mm-hmm. see it on the Food Network. Those those 100%. bozos try and put more crap and try and make things so you know it's garbage. Yeah, and it's just garbage, right? So I, I'm of the belief that you know there's been amazing Italian American food. And there's something really heartfelt and it's beautiful because some of those dishes almost don't even exist in Italy, right? Yeah. They're from the immigrants that came, whether it was to Philly or Boston or, or wherever, and they couldn't find certain things. So they used something else and, and they made it work and it's friggin' delicious. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's totally cool, right? So listen, it, it, it's, um, I don't, I, one thing when it comes to, um, you know, Italian food, real Italian food. I'm a purist when it comes to the ingredients, but I like kind of having fun in the kitchen. I like kind of making dishes my own. And and you know what? It's not that one uh, nullifies another. So mm-hmm. you, you know what? <laughs> I agree. And you know what, awesome. David? It's crazy because in Italy, apparently don't they don't have they don't have like veal parmigiano sandwiches. They don't do that no. stuff. Well, even Alfredo, which we all know that, right? Yeah, they don't. They don't do that. They either. don't have that shit, right? No, absolutely. And and I'm not saying, oh, I like that because I don't quite frankly. I don't like any creams, but there, there, there's a genuineness about that food, and there's a reason when you look into why they made certain things. Because in Philly, they couldn't find X ingredient, or here in Toronto, they couldn't find this. So why did they get? You know, uh, why did they use that or why did that dish come to be? Well, because that was a substitute. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're on the topic of food, actually, we want to play a quick little fun game. And then we have a, okay. a couple more questions after no problem. Uh, this or that Italian food edition. Okay. Now I want to see your picks. Mike, do you have the website too that I sent you? Go back and forth on it. Oh uh, yeah, I do. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So I'll start it off. Okay, David. So yeah. Let's see. Okay. This will probably be an easy one to start off. Okay. Caprese salad or prosciutto with lemon? Prosciutto with lemon? I know. I never heard of this. Yeah, but it's on there. Prosciutto with lemon or prosciutto with Ma- melon? Melon. Oh. <laughs> melon. 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 fucking lemon. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love God. lemon. That's why. Hey, you better not edit well, this shit out. I, know, I, this shit I, can't, I, need, I need glasses for this. I'm prosciutto with melon? Uh, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Salad. I was like... Prosciutto and lemon. I don't, interesting. I, I don't think it works, but fuck. Uh, gee, you know what? That That's a tough call. Um, prosciutto and melon, not lemon. Melon is, uh, is, is pretty wicked when it's like that, you know, when, when the seasons are respected and you have that re- really sweet melone. Uh, so prosciutto and uh, melone. Yes. Oh, that was, I never had it before. And I was surprised. Oh, you said I'm that. really, it's oh, good. Dude. It is yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, Adam, yeah. some of these, some of these uh, 
this food on this site. It's funny. A lot of them are Italian American too, for sure. <laughs> I'm glad I asked about it, but, um, all right. How about fried zucchini flowers or calamari? Ooh, fuck. Even a shoe is good fried. That's a hard question. Um, oh, you guys are <sighs> okay. So fried zucchini flour only if it has anchovies and mozzarella inside. If it yeah. doesn't, I want the fried calamari. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and the fried calamari has to be just flour. No bullshit breadcrumbs, nothing. No, just no, no, flour. Just flour. Just flour. Exactly. None of this heavy stuff. No, mm -hmm. that's a good one. <laughs> See, I'm not even answering. I'm telling, I'm modifying saying how I like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's, 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 how we, that's how it should be though. Exactly. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. And I think I know which one you're going to pick too. Bruschetta or antipasto? Well, what kind of antipasto? Okay, I mean, let's antipasto say, just means um, it can be a, a 1,500 different things. How about antipasto with um, soppressata, uh, calamata <laughs> olives? Okay, um, now I'm going to break balls. Okay, that's nice. Now I'm going to break balls. What kind of bruschetta? Because traditionally, see, now I'm becoming an asshole, right? <laughs> traditionally no, 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 in I like Italy, it, I like it. No, traditionally in Italy, bruschetta means uh, grilled bread. And oh, okay. Grilled bread. And what you do is uh, the, in Florence as well, they do fettunta, which is basically rubbed garlic, and then they put olive oil and salt. So that's bruschetta, or bruschetta could be different toppings. I know us Canadian, American, Italians, it's only one way. It's chopped tomatoes on top with olive oil and garlic, blah, 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 right? Yeah, so, yeah that's the one I'm talking uh, about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know you are. So I, I know, I'm such a prick, right? Um, only if the bruschetta that you're talking about that I know uh, with the tomatoes is like in late August and September. Give me the same dish in January. I won't, won't eat it because those tomatoes that come from California that have been sitting on a truck and that come in and they're tasteless, that taste like crap. I don't want yep. on my bruschetta. <laughs> no. And they're, they're, okay. They're, am I right? Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. right. My no. dad, uh, my dad's in like, he sells produce for his job. So it's yeah. like. Every, right. If the tomatoes like, are bad, he freaks them off. out. Yeah. He, yeah. He, and especially, see, this is the thing that pisses me off about us in North America. We're a demand society. We want everything on demand, and so we don't understand that certain ingredients need to be respected. And there's the and, the, and they're seasonal. Tomatoes now in August and September, <laughs> fucking rock. Not yeah. in January. Yeah. Okay. So go. I'm gonna shut up now. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. We have, we got two more. Michael, you you do one. I do go. one. All right. Good, because I'm getting hungry just freaking reading these off. All right, eggplant parm or chicken parm? Oh, uh, eggplant parm, man. Uh, chicken parm doesn't exist. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I've had, a, I had a feeling that was a See, that part. is Italian-American. Yeah. Eggplant parm. <laughs> and again, don't break balls. It can't be with breadcrumbs. It has to be just flour. The eggplant has to be floured, fried, and then the layers. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good, too. And okay. last one, David. We got to go in here, too. Lasagna or ravioli? Oh, lasagna. So lasagna. Oh, yeah. I, I always get, I always get journalists asking me desert Islanders, you know, your last meal, what would it be? Lasagna. And then for dessert, a really good fucking burger <laughs> for dessert. Wow. <laughs> I mean, my point is, my point is those are two favorite foods. Yeah, I mean, a good lasagna and a lasagna? good burger. 
How, oh, how do you make me, your lasagna? Me. Is yours, me, is yours me. heavy? Is yours real heavy? Or is oh, it yeah. Like, no, mine's okay. heavy and dry. None of this with tons of bechamel and all. Oh, uh, I don't like it's, that. It's, I'm, I, glad, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I don't fuck like you. You're not invited. No, it has to be. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't like bechamel. I thought you don't like my style. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't like bechamel. I don't like bechamel. Yeah. No, I, I like it almost dry. Not when I say dry, like almost uh, not too. Some some have it too like watery. And I like it where it's a bit drier. And uh, even like sauce, even the pasta. When, when the pasta yeah. is a little bit dry too, right? Yeah, crispy on top, and that's you know, how really I like good. it. That's Absolutely. how I like it. Absolutely. Okay, we can be friends now. Good. I was gonna say you were gonna uninvite <laughs> me. I was gonna cry now. I was gonna, no, because I thought you said you didn't like it. Like I was like, what are you doing? No, never, yeah. never. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what? Before we end off the show here, um, Mike, unless you have another question to ask, um, um, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say, David, before we end off, you have, you have anything? Would you like to promote any upcoming things you like to share with our audience? No, you guys are cool. You guys have been a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, it's been uh, it's been great to almost walk down memory lane. How long have we been uh, talking now for? Like almost an hour. Almost right? an hour, 45 minutes at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It flew by, right? It's amazing. I'm glad we had a good time. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. 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 No, no. You know what? I, I invite you guys both to come to the bar, have uh, some chicchetti, some aperitivi, some little uh, Italian snacks, and a glass of wine. So we I'm going to see you next week. I appreciate that. Anytime. Just come. Pull me to my word. I'm going to be there next week. You come and, and Mike, yeah, you know what? I think we're letting Americans in now. So you can come up. <laughs> yeah, for real. I have some uh, cousins okay. in Toronto too. So I'll definitely okay, stop by next visit for sure. Okay. Just um, just shoot me a text and uh, you're my guest. 